Welcome to the Stable Travel Podcast, hosted by Nicolette Lafferty. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 30 of the Stable Travel Podcast. Today I got Daniel. Would you like to introduce yourself, Daniel? Hi, I'm everyone. My name is Daniel Clark and I have trouble probably living in Sunny Queensland up here. But just quickly about myself. Um, I, I do a lot of conservation and disability advocacy work. And my conservation efforts saving the critically endangered rain pain. Um, I have wanted to be awarded the 2021 Queensland Young Australian of the Year. So my brother and I, we go all around Australia talking at schools and conferences about the importance of land and how we can all get involved in conservation and make a difference. Yeah, so let's start off by talking about your travel for day-to-day activity and work. Yeah, yeah, so uh, I'm quite a I'm a traveler. I've been probably a bit too much. I always want to get out and about. But I, in a normal travel, I, I have a support worker. So I, I normally go in, in their car. But I don't really use public transport too much. But I'll go with them to work, to wheelchair rugby training, um, and, and the other things during the week. I'm also a parapsychologist, so I do like riding my truck every, every day, basically. So I do a lot of trips on my, on my truck. Riding anywhere up to 10 to 15 kilometers every day. Yeah, and then you talk a bit about um, wheelchair rugby. So, would you like to talk a bit about your experience with playing wheelchair rugby? Oh, yeah, it's been amazing. I've been playing wheelchair rugby for about six years now, and I'm on the Queensland State World Tour team. It has been awesome. We we do trips all around Australia, Melbourne, Sydney, and Brisbane, competing at competitions, and yeah, it's so much fun. It love it. Yeah, and then what it like traveling as a team for wheelchair rugby? Well, it, it probably it it one of the best experiences I have traveling because all of a sudden I'm not the only one 
and the world can help probably on our aircraft. There's probably a good 15 to 20 of us that travel together. So what that means is it makes the whole process go a lot smoother because all of a sudden I'm not the only one having to argue my case of what I need on an aircraft because it really all, all taken care of by the team and really our, our requirements are very similar. So the airline carriers want to get it right for everyone and they go to a much, a much better effort if there's a lot of us compared to whether it's just myself traveling by myself. Yeah, and then in your email you sent me, you did talk a bit about you happen to pull out or invent due to the event organizer not following your travel requirement request. Yeah, yeah. So what a part of my um a part of my role being in the twenty twenty one Queensland starting of the year, I I have the opportunity to travel to conferences all around Australia and quite often they will be the ones organising my travel. So my my travel is completely out of my control in most cases. So what I do then is I send them a, a details and extensive document listing all my requirements that I need to travel. And that document really even goes down to the dimensions of my welfare. It is so detailed. But unfortunately, when travel doesn't go to plan, it's always when these organisers don't always follow the document to, to the letter. Really, and, and maybe overlook a few points. And unfortunately, it has meant that I've had to pull out of some events because at the last minute, I've found out maybe my support worker is at the back of the plane and I'm on the front of the plane with can't can't really work in my case. But just stuff like that that people may not think is very important. But for someone with a disability and someone with CP that really knows what they need, everything is important as it's are. Yeah. And then we hear a lot of stories about broken wheelchair and walker on this podcast. 
Can you tell a bit about what happened to your wheelchair at Brisbane Airport? Yeah, so we were on our way to Heaven Island, which is an island on the Great Barrier Reef, and we had to get a connection from Sydney to Brisbane and then connecting flight further north. And when we landed at Brisbane Airport, um, I had to get, like, a golf cart direct to the other aircraft before it took off. And I was, we were following the luggage cart as it was racing to the other aircraft. And it was going super quick, like, way too quick for what it, what it should be. And all of a sudden, the driver turned the corner, and my wheelchair bounced at the time I rolled forward 100 metres. And I was watching it all behind me going, what, what is happening here? Myself and my parents, we were all in disbelief. And unfortunately, because we were travelling to a remote island, we couldn't do anything to repair the wheelchair. So the the wheel was damaged, the other wheel was popped, I couldn't, I couldn't push in my wheelchair. So the whole trip on the island, on the island was, was really cut short because my wheelchair was damaged by the baggage handlers. Yeah, and then in 2021, you received the Queensland Gunner Throwing Up in the Year for your work saving a gunner in danger of time. Can you talk about your project? and also receiving the award. Oh, oh, absolutely. So our project, we've been on a quest for a while, 16 years with my brother and I, to save the endangered uranium pain. And it, it all started from our to Borneo to see the rampant in the wild. And we thought it was amazing. And when we came back, we thought not many people would have the chance to see the rampant in the wild. So my brother and I would decide to write a book about the about Alfred called Tears in the Jungle. And from that, our book has become a bestseller across Australia. It is now in the New South Wales education curriculum. And we wrote a second book, Fight for Survival, based on our second trip to Borneo. And that's also in the New South Wales education curriculum. So from that, we go around to schools to talk about the book, to talk about what they can do, not only to help the orangutans, but to help whatever they are passionate about. 
because there's so many causes in the world um, that need our help. So we encourage everyone to find and follow their own passion. And so when we won the 2021 Queensland Australian of the Year, I think we were both taken back because we, we just do what we love to do. We, we're not out to get any awards and recognition. But I get what it did winning the award. It allowed us to reach a greater audience than we, we would never have previously got. We also received the opportunity networking to grow our cause in the professional environment and get people on board to help. And also for me personally, it gave me an, another unique opportunity to become a disability advocate something that I'm also very passionate about. And it gave me a platform to talk about disability rights and other issues relating to people with a disability. So now I also talk about that as well. Yeah. So can you talk a bit more in detail about what work you've been doing in the disability advocacy? Bye. Yeah, absolutely. So at the moment, I'm, I'm very involved with the Cerebral Palsy Alliance, both in the new CP Active um, campaign, but I'm also involved in September as well. Um, I, I helped last year, I helped launch the National September Programming Canberra got to meet really awesome business leaders that want to get involved. And I helped spread the message of um of people getting involved involved and on board in September. Also up at up in Queensland, I'm also involved with Griffith University Engagement Council, and that to encourage more people with disabilities to get involved in research and university studies. And how can we make the whole university environment more inclusive for people with disability, not only in, at Griffith's uni, but across all unions in Queensland. Yeah, and then you did explain a bit to me on the email about your research proposal in community transport. So can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, but I, I'm also doing my honours in uh, the community transport sector in Queensland. So it's very early on at the moment, so um, I'm looking at how can we 
how can we increase the efficiency and accessibility in community transport within Coimbrand? We've got so many people with a disability, but also the elderly use community transport for everything that some people that solely rely on community transport for their needs. And so it for me it might believe that um the service to be comparable to to public transport services and to be at a level where at the same that should not be a disadvantage for using community transport. So my research has to uncover the tolerances of users of community transport. What do they want to see from the service? And what will they tolerate? Like, how long are they prepared to wait for? How long, how long is an acceptable delay in the service? Stuff like that, so that we can improve the service for everyone. Yeah, so I'm done to wrap it up now. So thank you for coming on to the Stable Travel Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Nicholas. It's been awesome to come on. On podcast, I hope my stories have been able to invite some of your listeners. You have been listening to the Stable Travel Podcast. You can follow Nicholas on his Instagram page, nlahu20.